Welcome to 2021 Talks, where we are following our democracy in historic times. There is no reason in the 21st century for why people are still exposed to this substance that was poisoning people back in the 18th century. Vice President Kamala Harris stopped by the Washington, D.C. headquarters of the AFL-CIO on Wednesday to unveil a new lead pipe and paint action plan. As part of that plan, the EPA is allocating $3 billion for lead pipe replacement efforts in 2022. Long term, the initiative calls for replacing all of the nation's lead lines in the next decade. Harris calls it a job creator. When union jobs are safer, our communities are safer. And when union members go to work, they go to work for all of us. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is pushing back on Democrats' plans to pass new voting rights legislation by year's end. The Hill reports the Dems are looking at altering the Senate's filibuster rules to break a months-long stalemate on the issue. My colleagues across the aisle have pushed absurd bills that would do things like neuter voter ID laws, make every state legalize ballot harvesting, turn the Federal Election Commission into a biased partisan body, and even send taxpayer money to political campaigns. Minnesota Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar argues that Republican-controlled states have restricted voting access since the 2020 presidential election. According to the Brennan Center for Justice, as of early October, 19 states this year had adopted laws making it harder for folks to cast their ballots. The Constitution anticipated that perhaps we would need a federal response when in the words of the Constitution, as written by our founding fathers, that Congress can make or alter the rules regarding federal elections. It's not all partisan gridlock, though. The Senate has unanimously passed a bill effectively banning imports from China's Xinjiang region, where the government is accused of forcing members of China's Muslim minority into labor camps. The act would only allow imports from the region if customs officials can prove the goods were made without the use of slave labor. And a bipartisan coalition of lawmakers has finalized a proposal to update the 1994 Violence Against Women Act. California Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein says the new version would extend numerous services to survivors of domestic violence. Our agreement would also invest in prevention education efforts. It would expand access to emergency housing support for domestic violence supporters. And it would improve the health care response to sexual violence across the country. Finally today, President Joe Biden signed a measure posthumously awarding the Congressional Gold Medal to the 13 U.S. service members who lost their lives during the Afghanistan evacuation in August. I'm Jonah Chester for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Detailed forecast today sunny with a high near 41. West wind around 5 miles per hour becoming northeast in the afternoon. Tonight rain and snow likely before 2 a.m., then rain likely, possibly mixed with sleet between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m., then rain, snow, and sleet likely after 5 a.m. Cloudy, with a low around 32. East wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 70%. New snow and sleet accumulation of less than a half inch possible. Saturday snow likely, possibly mixed with rain before 7 a.m., then a chance of rain between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m., then a chance of rain and snow after 8 a.m. Cloudy, with a high near 38. Northeast wind 5 to 10 miles per hour becoming north in the afternoon.
chance of precipitation is 60%. New snow accumulation of less than a half inch possible. Saturday night a slight chance of rain and snow before 8 p.m., then a slight chance of snow between 8 p.m. and 1 a.m. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 27. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour becoming calm after midnight. Chance of precipitation is 20%. Sunday partly sunny, with a high near 36. Calm wind becoming west around 5 miles per hour in the afternoon. From the Black Information Network, this is the BIN Daily Update. I'm Vanessa Tyler. And I'm Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Omicron is taking over, moving at the speed of lightning, and the nation's health officials, like Dr. Anthony Fauci, are bracing for the worst. It is the most transmissible virus of COVID that we had to deal with thus far. It has a doubling time of about three days, which means if you do the math on that, you see how quickly, over a period of time, that the dominant variant will be Omicron, as it is in South Africa, as it is now approaching that in the UK. This is unsettling as Americans prepare to celebrate indoors with family and friends for holidays that are fast approaching. If there is any good news, officials say symptoms can be mild in those protected with shots and boosters. It appears CTE has destroyed the life of another black former NFL player. A new analysis of the brain of XY receiver Vincent Jackson shows he had stage two of the disease that changed the 38-year-old toward the end of his life. He was depressed, had progressive memory loss, and paranoid. So says Dr. Anne McKee, who directs the Boston University Research Center. With his family's permission, she obtained his brain for study. Jackson, who played with the San Diego Chargers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was found dead in a Florida hotel room last February. Just recently, McKee found CTE, often the result of blows to the head, on the brain of former NFL player Philip Adams. Adams is accused of murdering six people last April before turning the gun on himself. In other medical news, women who want the abortion pill will no longer have to pick it up in person. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration is now allowing the pill to be sent by mail. Relaxing mail restrictions on medication abortion is a way the Biden administration can help women in states like Texas facing restrictions. The pregnancy ending inducing pills are a two-step process, but those against abortion say they are gearing up to fight back against the use of the pills as well. The remaining missionaries who were kidnapped in Haiti are now free. Christian Aid Ministries confirmed the news on its website. The Ohio-based Christian charity said all 17 are safe. The group thanked everyone for their prayers. The gang that committed the kidnapping was demanding $1 million for each hostage. It's not known if the ransom was paid. The snowy day is now in opera. The Houston Grand Opera performed the book written and illustrated by Ezra Jack Keats in its latest production. The Snowy Day is the first major picture book for children featuring blacks as the main characters. Little Peter sees the first snow of the season. He makes snow angels. He goes sledding. He builds a snowman. But sadly, his snowball melts when he brings it inside. But all is not lost because it snows again. For more on these stories and in 
international, national, state, and local news affecting the black community. Listen to the Black Information Network on the iHeartRadio app or log on to BINnews.com. I'm Vanessa Tyler with Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Hey everyone, this is TV personality Ellie Lee, here to tell you about the brand new travel podcast I'm hosting, Love This City by Thrillist. In our first season, I'm giving listeners an insider's tour of six cities around North America, courtesy of locals who know them best. If you're dreaming about traveling, we've got you covered with tips about where to go, what to see, and of course, what you should eat and drink along the way. To get started planning your next trip, subscribe to Love This City by Thrillist, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Mike Stevens. And I'm Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Black leaders around the country say electing Joe Biden as president and then taking control of the U.S. Senate and House were significant accomplishments. But it's not enough. Mississippi is one of several southern states with Republican legislatures that have drawn congressional redistricting maps now being called unfair. A legislative committee has adopted the plan, and the new maps are expected to be voted on by the full state house and state senate soon. But civil rights groups like the NAACP have filed a complaint saying the creation of the new maps in Mississippi was done privately. They say most of the redistricting process was not made public until now. In that state and in several others like North Carolina and Tennessee, the final maps may end up being decided after court intervention. And what happens in another southern state this coming year is expected to impact the balance of power in Washington, D.C. And black, Georgia U.S. Senator Raphael Warnock took to the podium recently on the Senate floor to talk about the delay and possible denial of national voting rights legislation because some Democrats say the efforts need to be bipartisan. Some of my Democratic colleagues are saying, but what about what about bipartisanship? Isn't that important? I say, of course it is. But here's the thing we must remember. Slavery was bipartisan. Jim Crow segregation was bipartisan. The three-fifths compromise was the creation of a putative national unity at the expense of black people's basic humanity. So when colleagues in this chamber talk to me about bipartisanship, which I believe in, I just have to ask at whose expense? Voting rights legislation is considered one of the most important by many African Americans. Two black men were taken down in rough arrests on the eastern shore of Maryland this past summer. They were accused of a minor infraction, vaping in an unauthorized place. The caucus of African American leaders, made up of black civil rights advocates, lawyers, pastors, and retired law enforcement officers, has made the eradication of racism a priority and expressed support for the young black men they say should not have been arrested on a vaping charge. Fairview Baptist Church in Mayfield, Kentucky was one of several houses of worship to be flattened by a massive tornado there. While the congregation is heartbroken, the black pastor says it does plan to rebuild. The church is historic. It was founded in 1870 and it has been at its present location since 1913. Several African Americans died in that tornado, including at least one young black child. History is not always measured by giant steps. Sometimes it comes in baby steps. In Georgia, the Cook County Board of Education unanimously voted to name Dr. Byron Slack as the new head football coach for Cook County High School. Dr. Slack is making history as the first African-American head football coach that school has ever had. He has been a coach at various levels for more than two decades. 
For these stories and more, listen to the Black Information Network on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Mike Stevens with Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Today, poverty is one of the greatest challenges facing humanity. 97 million more people were pushed into poverty in 2020 because of the pandemic. When you join TechnoServe, the number one rated nonprofit at reducing poverty, you help thousands of people in low-income communities gain the skills and market power to earn a better living for good. Your help is needed now more than ever. Donate now. Visit TechnoServe.org. That's T-E-C-H-N-O. S-E-R-V-E dot org. Business solutions to poverty. Your money on the Black Information Network. Unemployment and home building have been on the spotlight recently. November housing starts are forecasting 2.6% growth for an annual rate of 1.56 million units. As for unemployment, experts say it's expected that 215,000 Americans filed initial claims days ago, 31,000 more than the week before. Well, progressives are pushing the president to forgive student loan debt. Public policy professor Vanessa Sansone at UT San Antonio says this would be boost the economy. It benefits everybody. It benefits the entire economy. This would increase the purchasing power of consumers, particularly consumers of color. A group of Democrats have shot a letter to the president saying student loan debt forgiveness would add $173 billion to the nation's GDP in the first year alone. Professor Sansone says in addition, it would level the playing field. A study done by nonprofit student borrower protection shows that 72% of Latino students take out college loans compared with 66% of white students. Forgiving the student loan debt, you now have freed them from the ability to now purchase a house to move up in social economic status. Money news at 24 and 54 minutes past each hour. I'm Julius White on the Black Information Network. A single mother brutally murdered in her own home. This was a headline-grabbing homicide. One of her daughters IDs the suspect. The accused killer sent to prison. End of story, right? Not even close. If you could ask anything, what would you ask? Are you the real killer? Listen to The Real Killer every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Download the BIN Daily Update every morning on the iHeartRadio app. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. At least 27 people are thought to have died in a building fire in the Japanese city of Osaka. Police are investigating whether arson might have been behind the blaze. Those who are feared dead are understood to have been in a psychiatric clinic. Boris Johnson's Conservative Party has lost a by-election in North Shropshire, a Westminster seat it had held for nearly 200 years. Liberal Democrat Helen Morgan won the vote, overturning a 23,000 majority. It increases the pressure on Boris Johnson's leadership after a series of scandals. Liberal Democrat peer Baroness Susan Kramer says the Conservatives have themselves to blame. 
Well, I mean, I think this was a protest uh, 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 against Boris Johnson. There's more happening than that. It, it is more complex. I found when I was on, uh, on the doorsteps that it was clear nobody had been acting on the behalf of local people. Uh, people didn't even seem to know they could go to an MP and say, look, this is a problem. I need your help to get something done about it. So uh, this was a seat that had been taken for granted. The weather office in India is warning of an intense cold wave in at least four states. Health experts are concerned it could fuel a third wave of COVID-19 infections. Authorities are stepping up measures as Ishan Gurg reports from New Delhi. Delhi officials are especially concerned about a third wave of COVID-19 cases. The capital recorded its highest daily tally of infections in three months on Thursday. It's also one of the states to be worst hit by the cold wave. Weather officials say the mercury can drop drastically in the next five days before the situation improves. Health officials worry that the nearly half a million homeless people in the city could be hit the worst. The Delhi government has warned that it can impose restrictions on movement if the infection curve rises. While less than 100 cases of the Omicron variant have been detected in the country, health experts say hundreds of millions of unvaccinated people could be at a high risk. Facebook's notifying nearly 50,000 users in more than 100 countries they may have been targets of hacking attempts by surveillance companies. The social media firm's taking enforcement action against seven of those companies. Rachel Silverman reports. The notifications and enforcement actions are a result of a months-long investigation by Facebook's parent company, Meta, into what it calls cyber mercenaries who engage in surveillance for hire. The social media company says the investigation reveals new details about the way surveillance companies enable their clients to indiscriminately target target people across the internet to collect intelligence about them, manipulate them, and ultimately compromise their devices. The investigation comes as Facebook is itself facing intense scrutiny following accusations by a whistleblower that it enabled the spread of hate speech and disinformation. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. Today, efforts by France to delay the arrival of the Omicron variant. They have exhibited themselves in the form of a travel ban against people from Britain. Starting this weekend, only people who can prove a compelling reason to make the journey from the UK across the Channel will be permitted to do so. The move does not impact British permanent residents in France, but it certainly means a lot of Christmas holiday plans have been upended north of the White cliffs of Dover. Reporter John Litchfield is based in Normandy. He says he doesn't think there's a political dynamic to the decision beyond a desire to try and slow the variant's arrival. No, I think it's purely trying to stem the, the tide of Omicron into France for as long as possible so that the French can boost their, their jabbing, which they've been doing quite effectively in the last two or three weeks to just gain a few more days. I don't think there's any doubt that uh, Omicron, if it's there in those numbers in Britain, even with these restrictions, it will arrive. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think it's purely that, you know, Britain is, is next door to France and there is a huge uh, surge of Omicron going on and there's still huge doubts about just how serious Omicron is going to prove to be. So it's just a question of trying to gain a little bit of time. EU leaders warned yesterday at their last summit of the year that more travel restrictions may have to be imposed once the Christmas holiday season is over. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. 
To recap the top stories, at least 27 people are thought to have died in a building fire in the city of Osaka. Boris Johnson's Conservatives have lost a by-election in North Shropshire, a seat they'd held for nearly 200 years. The weather office in India is warning of an intense cold wave which could cause a spike in COVID infections. And Facebook's notifying nearly 50,000 users in more than 100 countries they may have been targets of hacks by surveillance companies. That's the latest feature story news, Ollie Barrett reporting. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Philip Brooks once said, Distrust your religion unless it is cheerful, unless it turns every act and deed to music and exults in attempts to catch the harmony of the new life. I think Isaac Watts agreed when he penned the popular Christmas song, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Watts wanted us to celebrate and sing enthusiastically about the present reign of our Lord Jesus. You did notice the present tense of the title of the song, right? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. I know, I know, I too am guilty of having spent most of my life singing, the Lord has come. But that's not the title. Watts is not calling us to sing, Jesus has come. We're to sing, the Lord is come, present tense. And don't call a grammar police. Watts was saying the Lord's coming into the world is a present reality. That's why his second verse begins, Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. This is a celebration, friends, that our Savior, our Lord Jesus, is now seated on the throne. You know, Watts actually wasn't writing a Christmas song at all. Joy to the world is a song based loosely on Psalm 98. A psalm which, yes, initially speaks to God having made known his salvation to the ends of the earth. But Watts was showing us how Psalm 98 was about Jesus sitting on the throne after having conquered sin, death, and the devil. The song is a reflection on verses 4 to 9, which speak to how the Lord has won and is about to return in victory. So we need to live out happy lives on earth, anticipating his soon arrival. Friend, are you rejoicing that Jesus lived the life we failed to with his perfect obedience and then went to the cross to take to himself the hell that you and I deserved? The wages of sin is death. Each and every one of us has paid wages for a one-way ticket to hell. But on the cross, Jesus took your ticket to hell right out of your hand. And then he handed you the ticket to heaven he earned by his perfect righteous life. Is that not wonderful news? The moment you place your trust in Jesus, you have a new life. And that is something every Christian ought to get excited about. Ronald Newhouse says, there's nothing more contradictory than an unenthusiastic Christian. The Bible tells us that God loves us so much. In fact, that God gave his only son so that all who believe in him will have everlasting life. Nothing, not even death, can separate us from God's love. If we really believe that, we can't help but overflow with joy. Which is exactly what Psalm 98.4 calls us to do, overflow with joy. It reads, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Break forth in a joyous song and sing praises. Friends, this verse tells us Israel's God is no regional deity. 
He is the Savior of the whole world. Salvation is available for folks like us on the other side of the globe. A spreading salvation. And not just for people, but the actual globe. As verses 7 and 8 call the seas, the rivers, and mountains that join in the celebration. You hear Watts speak to this. Genesis 3 reversal, when the earth was cursed, when he writes, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. Friend, are you rejoicing that blessings are now pushing out the curses? Joel, does that seem right? If you looked around at all the suffering in the world, the pandemic, all the other crises, to some of us it seems like everything is more out of control than ever. Joel, can we really say Jesus coming is causing blessings to flow? Is the Lord Jesus really reigning? Is Jesus occupied elsewhere in the universe? I'm glad you asked, friends. Yes, Jesus is in complete control. And he is continuing to advance the kingdom of heaven. And he uses folks like you and I who believe and receive by faith his victory. Such is the nature of faith. Faith is the conviction, the assurance of things not seen with our visible eyes. We confess a reality contrary to what can be tangibly experienced by our senses. Jesus' coming and resurrection are the start of the new creation. He has inaugurated the glory to come, and for all those united to him, the battle is over. The thorns and the thistles are on their way out. Yes, we're waiting for it to be fully realized, but that's what Advent is all about. It's about celebrating Christmas and what was accomplished in the first coming. Not so much as a thing of the past, but something present and pushing us into the future. Yes, the Lord has come. But the Lord is come into the world, into our lives right now, as we drive out remaining unbelief, as we overflow with joy about his present reign. Friends, the Lord is come, and Jesus is nearer to us now than when he walked on our earth. Have you received your king? Has your heart prepared him room? If not, won't you reach out to me or to another Christ follower this season? If you put it off, you may never come. Now, if you have received your King, then I encourage you, rejoice in the harmony of your new life. Not just for yourself, not just for God's glory, but also for the sake of your neighbors. As you head towards a fullness of joy that comes in the presence of your Lord Jesus. My friends, remember who you are and who you belong to.